Hello guys and welcome to episode 93 of the Worldwide Chels podcast. It's your host Matt and I'm here by myself tonight. Um, it's a Monday night in the UK um, at the time of recording and rather than wait until next week for another podcast, we've had three, uh, two good games uh, this weekend. Um, so I can't really miss it and we had a little bit of a break partially just because of uh, my connection internet due to uh, the storm uh, that we had last week in England. Uh, it meant I didn't have any internet till now and it's finally been fixed. Um, but I thought I can't wait another week. We've had a cup final so we've got to talk about it and rather than getting some guests on it's hard to get guests on on a Monday night um, but I thought I'd give you some content um, to go through. So uh, it'll be a solo one for me. I'll go through each of the games. So we'll go through yesterday's cup final defeat um, to Liverpool, as well as the preview for Luton on Wednesday night. And we'll go through the Chelsea women's review of our FA Cup win against Leicester. Um, so let's get into it. And we'll start with the FA Cup fi- uh, the Carabao Cup final. Sorry, uh, getting confused in my cup competitions, but... Uh, I wish we would play it. Well, we've got the FA Cup to look forward to. Unfortunately, we don't have the Carabao Cup to look forward to because that has now gone to Merseyside and has gone to Liverpool. Um, we'll start with the stats breakdown of the match. Obviously, it was Chelsea nil, Liverpool nil. Um, Liverpool winning 11-10 on penalties. Um, in terms of the game, um, you had Chelsea with 46% possession compared to Liverpool's 54 Chelsea had 11 shots with four on target compared to Liverpool's 20 with six on target. 11 corners from Liverpool and only two from Chelsea. Um, Three big chances missed by Chelsea and four by Liverpool. A total of 544 passes for Chelsea with 76% accuracy um, and 638 passes for Liverpool with 79% accuracy. Uh, 50% of uh, Chelsea's dribbles completed compared to Liverpool's 45 um, 60 duels won by Chelsea compared to Liverpool's 50. 11 tackles made by Chelsea compared to Liverpool's 14. 23 interceptions for Chelsea compared to Liverpool's 10. And 49 clearances compared to Liverpool's 90. So the game kind of shows that Liverpool may be a bit on top. Um, but actually, I think for looking from the game, it was one of them ones. If you, if you had to pick a winner, I actually think Chelsea were the better team. Obviously, we'll go through it, but we did have the ball in the back of the net a number of times. Liverpool did also have it once. None of them, bizarrely counting, um, which we'll get into to decide which one should have counted or which one shouldn't have. But it was it was one of them games, I think, it's tough. Obviously, a loss is a loss and you everyone's going to be quite upset about it. But it was one of them ones where everyone put their all in. Um, I don't think there was any particular stinkers from anyone. Obviously, there was mistakes from certain people, but... There was no particular sting because it's not really anyone's fault. And at the end of the day, Liverpool just got it, got the win on the night. A um, couple of decisions didn't go our way, but it's one you just take on the chin and you move on. Um, I, I'm not one for blaming anyone. I'm surprisingly, there wasn't too much of uh, blaming for people. Obviously, you had certain camps that were going after certain people, but that is Chelsea Twitter for you. But let's get right into it, starting with the lineup. Reaction. Um, so obviously the lineup was a three-four-three with Mendy in goal, uh, a back three of Rudiger, Silva, Chalabar, uh, wing backs of Alonso and Aspi with Kovacic and Kanté in midfield, and then a front three of Mason Mount, Kai Havertz and Christian Pulisic. Um, well, starting off, my my I I am happy with that lineup. I would have 
tried to put Ziyech in, but obviously Ziyech was not fit for the game, so fair enough, Mason Mount comes in. But apart from that, that is the exact lineup that I would have picked, and I was happy with it. I think most Chelsea fans were happy with it um, at the start, and you couldn't. I can't think of any mistakes that happened. Obviously, you had Rhys James, Timo Werner, Lukaku, Jorginho, and Kepa eventually come onto the pitch, um, and we'll get into them later on in the podcast. Um, so starting off with the first half, it was a good start from Chelsea. First 15 minutes, we really we come out strong. We were pressing really hard, doing really well. Um, and we had our first chance within the first five minutes, and it was a big miss. Um, Chris Kai Havertz putting the ball towards Aspilaqueta, Aspilaqueta crossing it into Christian Pulisic, who was in the six-yard box, and for Kelleher, he forced a good save off Kelleher. Um, a lot of people are arguing about this uh, miss as one of the big misses. Um, it, it is, it is obviously, if you you think about it, the simple thing of it's in the six-yard box. It, you should be scoring it. Um, but a bit of context into it, I think it's it's one of them ones that's quite hard for Pulisic with the body language that he had. Um, the only place he, he couldn't, it's not, he didn't have the, it's physically impossible for him to swipe it into that bottom left corner. So the only chance he had was to pull it in that bottom right. And unfortunately, Kelleher's positioning was slightly on that side. So Kelleher didn't really have to dive too much to make the uh, save. Um, the only argue, I would say, in terms of what Pulisic could have done better was he could have put his foot for it a bit more and that might have got the goal. But I don't think it's as big as miss as some people think. But obviously, there will be some people that will um, be on not on the side of Pulisic um, and will say it's a big miss. But I, I don't think it's as big a miss as most of the misses during that game. Um, and I, I, I think Pulisic had a good game apart from that. He created a lot of chances and was very active, even even for being on that right-hand side. I was a bit annoyed that Mount was on the left and Pulisic was on the right because I always find that Pulisic's better on the left and Mount's better on the right. So it always confuses me of that, but there you go. Um, but yeah, as I'll say, it was a good start from Chelsea. Um, and it was it was it was good, but unfortunately after that 15 minutes we ran out a bit of energy and Liverpool started getting on top. Um, Liverpool did have a penalty appeal. Um, it was it hit the arm of Aspi, but for me it was a correct decision. I didn't think it was a penalty. It was very it was very harsh to give that to Aspi. Um, but Liverpool did have their big first chance of the game, and it came from a it was a great double save from Edouard Mendy. What a goalkeeper he is! I I I I love Mendy so much. I can't wait. I can't. I can't. I don't want him to leave ever because he's he's fantastic. Um, obviously Cato making a long shot. Uh, Mendy palms it out and then Mane is there to try and hit it in. Um, and even the commentators don't know how Mendy got to that um save. Uh, it was a fantastic save. Um, world class from Edward Mendy, who is for me the best goalkeeper in the world right now in terms of form. Um. Another chance, um, which was, again, come to Christian Pulisic, uh, forces a good save from Kelleher um, on the right, which, again, I thought was a good save from Kelleher. I don't think it was massively wrong with um, Pulisic. Um, but then soon after, Mason Mount, a big chance just before half-time. Um, it could have could have put us through 1-0. One, one, one it was a similar chance to Pulisic. And, again, I would, I would kind of make the same comparison to the Pulisic one. It was a bit harder to, for him to get in. Um, but he should be doing better with that one. Um, it was ruled off for offside, but actually, when you look at the replays, he was onside. So if it went in, it would have counted. 
Um, but yeah, and we go into half time, and you think, all right, Chelsea, Chelsea are holding their own. We're playing well. Um, we've had some chances. Liverpool have had their chances as well. So there's got to be a goal. Everyone's thinking, right, there's got to be a goal in this match. No way can this end nil nil. Um, and Chelsea come out, and again, second half, start of the second half, we are out of, we are there, we are pushing, we are pressing, and straight away, um, we are there, we um, have a good um, chance with Havertz, uh, Havertz crosses it in, and Mount is just inches wide from it, and it's just unlucky, he's just not, 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 he's just an inch, inch, inch off it, um, and it is what it is, um, good chance by Chelsea, but then, is the biggest howler of the game. And again, it is from Mason Mount. And I, I don't want to criticise, and I say I don't want to blame people, but this miss is a bit criminal. Um, balls worked well um, to Mason Mount, and he controls it down, and he's got all the space and time in the world. It's not like the other ones where there were more snapshots. Um, you had to take it first time. This time, he had, he, had, he had the time to control it down, pick his spot, and he's hit the post, and... Really, you should be scoring that. There's no excuse. I don't want to. I, I heard people say that about the injury. It's not real. There's no real excuse. Match fitness, and when certain Chelsea people call this guy call Mount generational, I'm sorry, but if you're generational, you should, you, you can't be missing that. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to criticise Mount, but unfortunately, when people call him generational and call people these things, then obviously. That's where people are going to get on the back of you if you say them things. So um, it's a fight, unfortunate miss for uh, Mason Mount, and he's got to take it on the chin. Um, then Aspie, uh, he picks up an injury. Um, I'm still unsure of what the actual injury is, but it looks like he will be out for the looting game. Reese James comes on to replace him. First time coming back uh, for injury since before uh, New Year. Uh, and he played okay. He put some good crosses in. Generally, was okay. Not not nothing special, but uh, wasn't bad either. Um, and then there came the first controversial decision of the game. Um, Keita, uh and Chalaba trying to go for a 50-50 ball, um, and it looked like Chalaba was always going to get to the ball. Um, Keita has his leg up high, out of control, studs up, and studs. Uh, Chalabar in the right fire, um, nearly hitting his nutsack, which would not have been good for um, Chalabar in terms of having kids in the future. But my God, we didn't even get a free kick for it. That was the part that annoyed me. Um, he should, uh, uh, it's a definite sending off, and I can't believe VAR haven't checked it, haven't looked at it. Um, and in the end, it proved to be a very crucial decision because with the penalties, if Liverpool were down to 10 men, and we would have gone through all them penalties like we did. Liverpool would have lost the game because they we would have had an eleventh penalty and they wouldn't have. Um, so it was a big, big, big decision that could have won us the game. Um, it literally was game changing. Um, it's a poor decision by the referee uh, and a very poor decision by VAR not to even have a look at. It. If that was Chalobah on the other end, I can guarantee Chalobah will be walking off the pitch. Um, but Liverpool um, have a good chance after that. Um, Mendy um, making a poor clearance um, the ball going to Salah um, Salah tries to dink it over Mendy, uh, it looks like it's going in but Thiago Silva the world class defender, what, again one of the best defenders in the world right now makes a goal line clearance to save Chelsea 
Um, and it's a fantastic goal line clearance. It's what you want from your defender. Absolutely world class. And it just showed, well, maybe Chelsea can get something out of this game. Um, and then Liverpool do get the ball in the back of the net. A good worked goal from a free kick. Uh, Mane heading it across and Van Dijk heading it in. Um, and for me, I, I thought initial thoughts, I thought, oh, it's a goal. God's sake, we've got to get into this. We've got to get a goal back. Then VAR look at it and they judge that um, it was offside, um, which I think it was the correct decision. Um, Reese James was being held back um, and by Van Dyke, and it showed that if he wasn't being held back, he may have interfered with the play of Mane. So it does show that he's interfering with play. I think I can understand why Liverpool fans may think it's a bit harsh because it's not an obvious one. But for me, I always have the opinion, if you're not interfering in, in play, then you shouldn't be on the pitch because everyone's interfering with play. So I think it's a bit of a rubbish rule, but um, I, th I think it's the correct decision at the end of the day. I think it's smart by the officials actually to get to that decision because um, it wasn't obvious to anyone um, watching the goal. Um, and then Chelsea go and score in the other end. Of the pitch. Um, a good goal, but unfortunately, uh, Timo Werner Coming on as a sub was offside, uh, and it was quite clear offside, typical Timo Werner style. Um, and it's unfortunate we just go again. Um, Van Dyke then responds uh, with a brilliant header um, just before the end of the game, and Mendy makes a great save to send Chelsea into extra time. And obviously, this is where Chelsea fans will get and will and always get nervous. Um, it's typical of Chelsea fans to get nervous, everyone does. Um, Chelsea going to extra time yet again we've had a lot of extra time recently and that was my worry that maybe it'd be a bit too much for us but we did hold ourselves and we got a second goal Romelu Lukaku uh, making a good run before slotting it past Kelleher um, and again ruled off for offside um, but for me this wasn't offside no way Jose was not offside you look at the replay and they're, they're, they're saying he's offside because his hand is offside. Well, I'm sorry, your hand is not a goal-scoring part and there's no shoulder at all. It's literally elbow that is offside and unfortunately, that's not a goal-scoring part. So I do not understand how that is offside. Sky were very quick to judge it and go away and not have a look at it. Um, but yeah, it, it's offside and it's not offside. And it's very frustrating that that goal uh, wasn't done. Um, it's very stupid from VAR um, for that. Um, I can understand the on-field officials flagging it for offside because it did look maybe a little bit offside. Um, but on VAR, you show it's not offside. So really, that should have um, gone our way. Another decision that potentially didn't go our way, and this is one that I feel is not being as talked about as uh, many would have thought of, um, Basically, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Havertz have a little bit of tangle, um, the challenge. Um, and basically, all I can say is, is a punch-out. Trent t uh, clenches his fist and hits Havertz on the leg, and then there's a scuffle, and eventually both players get booked for coming together with a, not, more of a clash of heads. Uh, not a proper headbutt, but putting the heads together. Um, and fair enough, you've got to book Havertz for that and book Trent for that. But... At the end of the day, no matter how small and little it is, that is still a punch-out, a kick-out, a punch-out. And that is 
violent conduct. And that is, in, in the book, letter of the law, it is a send him off. Um, so I, I do think that should have been a send it off. Um, I think a typical Liverpool, again, if, if that's a Chelsea player, he's getting sent off. Uh, but it's a Liverpool player, so obviously I get away with it. Um, Chelsea then get a third goal. Uh, third ball in the back of the net, but once again, ruled for offside. And unfortunately, Havertz is just offside with the goal. Um, and it's unlucky. Um, it's just typical it's Chelsea tonight. And once you get to that point, you think it's not going to be Chelsea tonight, surely. Three goals in the back of the net. Um, that's ruled offside. Liverpool didn't get a man sent off. Um, we've had big chances missed. Um, and it did go to penalties. Obviously, Kepa was brought on um, just before the final whistle, uh, two minutes before time, which gave him enough time to get a hold of the ball. He had a kick, a goal kick straight away. So he was able to get into the game at least a little bit. Um, he wasn't literally cold off the bench. Um, and obviously, it's now a big talking point because obviously the game, the penalties went all the way through to the goalkeepers. Kepa didn't save a single penalty. I think he could have done better on a couple, but generally all the penalties were very good um, for both sides. And then obviously it comes to Kepa's penalty and he skies it over the bar, mate. It was more, it, if you, if I think his Kepa might have been watching the Six Nations because it would have been a great penalty um, kick uh, to send it England or for Kepa, Spain, uh, into uh, the Six Nations. But um, unfortunately, it was a poor penalty. Um, but I, I'm not going to blame Kepa. I think. Everyone would have brought Men uh, Kepa on for Mendy. I think everyone was saying that before the game. So I don't think, in hindsight, we can really blame Kepa. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't work. It's heartbreaking for him. And ha ha I'm happy that not too many people were going in on him. Uh, a lot of people were giving him support, which is good to see, because I think um, overall he deserves the support. Um, and it's heartbreaking for us to go out like that. But it is what it is. Congratulations to Liverpool uh, for winning their ninth Carabao Cup. Uh, in history, uh, holding the record for the most uh, ever. And yeah, I mean, decisions didn't go our way. Um, I think we could have had some decisions that would have changed the game, but it is what it is. Um, I'm going to go into our player ratings before we move on to the Luton preview. Um, for me, in terms of Mendy, I'd give him a nine. Absolutely world-class, clean sheet. Obviously, didn't take the penalties, so you can't blame him for that. Um, and yeah, so nine, uh, near-perfect performance. It's probably the poor clearance, probably takes it down from a 10, but it is what it is. Uh, moving on to Rudiger, a decent game, uh, nothing special, so I give him a seven. Um, and that would, I'd say the same with Chalaba, decent game, but nothing special. Um, Diaz was getting the better of him a couple of times, but then he was getting into it a bit more. Um, and obviously, it is his first start um, since his injury, so... It's good for him to get back into that game and play reasonably well. Um, Thiago Silva, I'm going to give an eight. Uh, a fantastic goal line clearance, which will, uh, which really did save Chelsea in the end um, in that moment. Um, and he played very well, even for, though he had to have an injury. And it's probably the first time I've seen ever anyone uh, be given a pill in the game. Uh, and he's just chucked it in and carried on playing. So fair play to him. Um, I'm going to give both Alonso and Aspia six. I think it was an average game from them. I don't think it was anything special. A couple of good plays, but apart from that, nothing much. Uh, again, Kante and Kovacic, I'm going to give both of them a seven. I think it will slightly better, slightly above average. Both had good moments, but again, nothing out of the ordinary for them too. Um, in terms of the front three, I'm going to give Kai Havertz, uh, first of all, eight. 
I think he did really well. He was very good with the link-up play. Um, done really well. Unfortunate with the offside with the goal, but played really well. Was a decent threat, and I'm I'm really starting to see what what is in what what Kai Havertz is all about now. Um, and I think all I need from now is to find himself in a position, keep sticking at it, and finding a place in this team, and then it'll be it'll be happy days for me. Um, next, I'm going to move on to Christian Pulisic. I'm going to give him a seven. Um, as I said, I, I don't I have a bit more sympathy with him with that chat uh, chance. I think it wasn't the easiest chance in the world for the reasons that I stated. Um, and generally throughout the game, he played quite well, created a few chances, um, some of the chance, the amount of chances, and was generally quite good before he come off. Um, and then obviously Mason Mount, I am going to give him a five because unfortunately, them two chances are you should at least the least the set the second one you should be get put in the back of the net, uh, and that's why I'm going to limp put him down for that. Um, in terms of subs, I'll go through these quite quickly. James, I'm going to give a six. Uh, average game from him. Uh, Vernon, I'm going to give a six as well. Average from him. Jorginho only come on for a few minutes, so I'm going to give him a five because he scored his penalty. Um, Lukaku, I'm going to give a seven. I thought he actually played quite well when he came on. He held the ball up well. Um, he brought other people into the game. Uh, I heard a couple of people moaning about him, but I thought it was actually one of his better games. And That's just me being real. No agenda. Um and Kepper, I'm going to give a five because I don't want to criticise him too much. Uh, it is what it is, what happened. But we move on. Um, and we do move on. We have to move on quickly because we have a game uh, on Wednesday uh, at 7.45. It's an FA Cup game, which is strange to have an FA Cup game midweek uh, for a first game. But we are away to Luton Town. Um, and it's, it's going to be a hard game. It's going to be a very tough game. Um, Luton are very physical uh, and it's going to be a, a very physical game for us, especially going 120 minutes. Um, I do expect there to be a lot of changes in the squad. I don't expect too many of the players, if possible, to play um, on Wednesday, uh, at least for the full game. Uh, I do expect to be changes around. Um, unfortunately, there are some injuries um, where certain players are going to have to still play uh, unless we're going to bring young players in, but I don't expect... Too many young players to come in because it is that a very physical game. I don't know whether the young players will be too much up for that at the moment. Um, in terms of the injury news, obviously Chilwell out for the rest of the season, so uh, I don't expect him. Obviously, he won't play. Um, Aspi um, obviously came off with an injury, so he'll likely miss the game uh, at least to be rested, maybe for Burnley. And I think Christensen as well uh, was pulled out of training late before the game, um, so. I expect uh, uh, Christensen not to play. Um, Ziyech uh, obviously didn't miss; he missed the game, but he is respected, expected to possibly return for this match. But I also think he'll be rested. I don't think. I think with this physical nature, I think they won't risk uh, risk Ziyech in this game, and I think they'll save him for Burnley. Uh, but we've got to pick ourselves up uh, for this result and turn it around. We can't spend our time moping around that we didn't get the trophy, the Carabao Cup. Uh, we've got to go into this game and make a statement for the rest of the season. Um, for me, the lineup I would go in, uh, I would start Kepper and go. I think it's nice to get him into the game, get his confidence back up um, and go in um, into the rest of the season. I would go. I would play a 4-3-3 uh, because it is um, Luton and we don't really need that extra defender. For me, I'd go start left back to give uh, Lonzo a rest. We'd have to go Rudiger and Shalabar because I think Silva needs the rest. Obviously, AC and Aspi are out, so 
we have to go with them too. Uh, and James will have to start at right back, which will be good for him to get minutes. Um, maybe Asby might be on the bench and come on for him. Um, that might be the way it goes. Um, in terms of midfield, I think Jorginho will start because he came on late in the game. Uh, I think he'll start on defensive midfield. Either side of him, I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek will start um, in the number eight role alongside Mateo Kovacic, who obviously came off during the game. So that, for me, ex possibly expects him to start at some point. Um, and then up front, I think I'm going to go with Werner on the left because obviously he didn't start the game. Callum Hudson-Odoi wasn't involved in the game at all. So if he's fit, I expect him again to start in the game. Um, and then I'm going to play Romelu Lukaku up front. I think it's a chance for him to try and back another few goals. Um, and get his confidence up. He did play well towards that end when he came on at the end of the game, and that's all you can ask from him, really. Um, gives Kai Havertz a rest up until the Burnley game, um, and we'll have to wait and see. I think we need maybe Lukaku's physicality in this game a little bit more with the brute force of uh, Luton Town. Um, in terms of my score prediction for the game, I think it's going to be a very tough game, a very tight game, uh, because obviously it's very physical. Uh, I think Chelsea will be it will take time to get into the game. Obviously, we'll have to pick ourselves up from that game. And I think there will be that kind of almost sad like um, state that we are in after this cup final. I think it would take us a little bit of time to get into the game. But I think we will have a better second half. And I think it will be Chelsea 2, Luton 0. A nice clean sheet, simple result and into the next round. And that's all that matters because we need to get set. We need to do well in this FA Cup and we need to get revenge on the last two FA Cups that we've missed out on um, and to finally win Cup Final at Wembley for the first time in a few years because Wembley has not been our friend recently um, so let's hopefully get the result in that and then we can move on to Burnley and the rest of the season um, and that is it for what is the men's side of the game um, and we'll what we're doing today is because obviously it's a more shorter format we will conclude the Chelsea women's show now so Make sure you stay tuned uh, uh, to the Chelsea Wounds starting now. So, Chelsea women uh, played in the FA Cup uh, fifth round against Leicester women. Um, also, they are in the Women's Super League. They are bottom of the Women's Super League. They are struggling this season. They look like they will get relegated. Chelsea end up winning 7-0 uh, against Leicester. It was a fantastic result. Um, considering we only beat them 2-0 in the league. Um, and surprisingly enough, we actually had quite a poor first half. Um, obviously, it's just come back from international break and it looked like there was a lot of tiredness, a little sloppiness. Um, but we, we managed to get through the game and have a fantastic second half. Obviously, Leicester did go down to 10 men, but we'll get into that. But first, we'll go into the stats breakdown for all you guys that love the little statistics. Um, so, let's get into it. Possession-wise, uh, Chelsea had 66% possession compared to Leicester's 34 Chelsea had a total of 27 shots with 12 on target compared to Leicester's 6 with 1 on target. Um, Chelsea made 536 passes with an 82.3% accuracy um, and Leicester made 279 passes with 66.7% accuracy. Um, in total, um, Chelsea won 55.6% of their duels and Leicester won 44% of the duels. Um, Chelsea made 18 tackles compared to Leicester's 12, made four interceptions compared to Leicester's nine, and seven clearances to, compared to Leicester's 20. So it was it was a game of Leicester were obviously sitting back, will make a lot of challenges, but Chelsea was just cutting through um, Leicester. Um, and we'll go into the starting lineup uh, of 
in terms of the game. Chelsea lined up with a 4-4-2, uh, sorry. Um, Berger started in goal with a back four of Anderson, Nguyen, Bright and Charles. Um, midfield two of Ingle and G, um, with Lauren James making her first start in a long time, um, next to Peniel Harder on the left. And then up front, you had Kerr and Kirby up front. Um, subs that came on, uh, Jesse Fleming, uh, Bethany England, Drew Spence and Abdulina. I, 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 I am sorry if I butchered that. Um, but obviously, I'm not used to pronouncing the name. So there you go. Uh, I apologise. But we'll get in straight into the game. And straight away, um, Leicester uh, kind of messed the game up for themselves. Uh, they go down to 10 men after a horrible tackle by Sophie Howard. Uh, it was out of control. Studs up um, on Anderson. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an easy decision for the referee to make. I think there was quite a few complaints from the Leicester side. I don't think there was anything to complain about. It was very poor um, from uh, Sophie Howard. And it, it, it uh, unfortunately, she's um, made it so much harder for her team and set up her team for this battering. Um, Chelsea did make it 1-0. Ingle won the ball uh, very well off the Leicester midfield. And straight away, she slots it into Harder, who uh, ru- runs into the box before uh Think put it slotted it past uh, the Leicester keeper Lambourne to make it one nil. Chelsea then made it two nil before half time. It was a wonderful pass by Anderson uh, to Kerr, who drives into the box before squaring it across the harder for a second goal of the match. Um, Chelsea go into half time two nil, and as I said, it was the goals were good, and obviously the send it off made a big uh, difference. Um, but we were quite slow, we were quite sloppy at times. I think it was just we weren't pressing hard enough as well. And I think it was international break. A few players have played a lot of games and you could just see the tiredness. Obviously, we struggled with the whole COVID and injuries. And I think that was just starting to lag in a little bit um, to the team. Um, but there you go. Um, we did make it 3-0 after half-time. Harder hold, holding up the ball very well before giving it to Kerr. Uh, and she just slots it in uh, to make it. 3-0, um, then 4-0, um, it was a goal, and it was G's first goal of the season, and in usual G fashion, what a wonderful goal she scored, um, it was a corner um, on the right-hand side, They loop, uh, it was looped over the top to the far end of the box where G was, she takes a touch, and then she just loops the ball into the far side of the netting, what a fantastic goal, goalkeeper had no chance, it glides into the top left corner, um, fantastic goal and it's typical from G um, and it, it made it gave Chelsea all the confidence we needed to go into this game and continue scoring um, 5-0 comes uh, and again it's from a corner uh, Leicester make a very poor clearance only goes as far as Millie Bright uh, she then takes touch before whipping the ball into the box um, to Anderson who heads it towards the 6 yard box and Nguyen uh, Anik Nguyen taps it in uh, for her first goal at Chelsea Football Club um, from the six-yard box. And it was a very uh, nice, worked an easy goal for Chelsea um, after some poor Leicester defending. And I think the Leicester players were just standstill. And I think about that point, obviously, you're 5-0 down. I think a lot of the heads dropped and Leicester players were just giving up and just trying not to concede too many goals. Um, Chelsea did make it six. Um, Lee Charles played a lovely through ball. Uh, to uh, substitute uh, Fleming, uh, who looks up um, before crossing the ball to Sam Kerr, who 
calmly and coolly just dinks it over the goalkeeper um, in a nice, cool, calm and collected fashion, as usual with Sam Kerr. And it was another fantastic goal. Um, and Chelsea were really turning on the fire now. Um, it was really looking like Chelsea of last season. Um, so in control, um, so connected with each other. Everyone knew where they were going to be. Everyone knew um, every pass was inch perfect. Um Obviously, being down to 10 men, Leicester makes it so much easier for us. But what fantastic play by Chelsea. Um, they do make it 7-0 um, in the end. Uh, Fleming and Kerr combining well down the right-hand side before Kerr crosses it into the box. And there is Bethany England to head the ball into the back of the net, as Bethany England does do. A lovely poacher goal uh, by someone who I think deserves... I always say Bethany England deserves more game time, but it's hard, obviously, like we like with Lauren James, when you've got fantastic players like Kerr, Kirby, Harder, even people like Cuff, but you just there's, there's not a lot of space. Jesse Fleming, you've got so many players in there that are attacking players that unfortunately people are going to miss out and people are not going to be happy. And unfortunately, Bethany England is the uh, sacrifice at the moment, but I'm happy for her to get a goal um, and to seal off what was another wonderful win um, as Emma Hayes kind of said she was very unhappy with the first half uh, and gave the team a bollock at half time apparently um, she didn't rep- repeat what the words were she said but she said she couldn't repeat them on TV because they wouldn't have been suitable so that kind of sums up and I think it's quite good for a manager who considering we're 2-0 up and we are in terms of the result wise doing well um, to still have that kind of ruthlessness and really drill it into your team but we've got to be doing better it's fantastic and the ruthless uh to just completely battle Leicester and keep them by the wayside it's not like this is a championship team this is a women's super league it's the premier league uh in terms of the women's football it's the top league we're in the same league so winning 7-0 it shouldn't it should, we shouldn't we shouldn't win that easily um but we did it so easily and it was lovely to see uh, the ruthlessness and unfortunately we should see that from the men's team but we don't get to see that very often, but at least we do get to see it with the women's team. Um, hopefully we'll go into the next round um, and we'll continue that run um, to possibly break the record of winning the F- Women's FA Cup twice in one season. Obviously, it's a one it's the uh, one-in-a-kind situation with uh, obviously COVID, um, but hopefully we can win that and we can get through to the next round and do really well. Um, so that is the end to what is a lovely, wonder, wonderful solo podcast. I hope you guys all enjoyed the episode, obviously mixing the men's and the women's game together. Obviously, it was a bit of heartbreak um, with the men's, but one f- fantastic game for the women's. Um, and now looking forward to what is another uh, cup competition for Chelsea to try and win. Um, so hope you guys enjoy. Make sure you uh, subscribe to us either on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Um, if you are on Spotify, make sure you rate us uh, with the new rating system. Uh, one, two, three, four or five stars, whatever you prefer. Uh, I do not really mind what you give us. Give us a feedback. Uh, you can also rate us on Apple uh, Podcast and you can give us a comment on what we need to improve on. Uh, we will be back. We will be doing some constant um, streams now. Obviously, my internet is now finally sorted, so hopefully there is no uh, bumps in the road from here. Um, We'll be getting jesters on, and we'll be getting some old and new guests um, coming on. 
right up to the end of the season for both Chelsea men and Chelsea women. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, keep tuning in. And all I've got to say left is up the shelves. <laughs>